we're, we're talking about replacing lies with truth and fear with faith and shame with grace. And I loved last week Omar talking about worry. And uh, I want to, to kind of get to a foundation that I I've, that I've, have preached some of these thoughts before. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't get why God was leading me to preach on this because I have so many other sermons I want to preach during this series. But then I realized that since I preached this message uh, back in uh, 2021, our church has about tripled. And so a lot of you have never heard this. And to me, this is like, found, this is like City Light 101. Like if, like if you want to know what I, like if you cut me, I believe this sermon. By the way, if you don't like today's sermon, it's probably a good sign that maybe I'm not your guy. Honestly, because this is like, y'all know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna bleed. This is what I. This is what I live and eat and breathe. And this is this is my. This is it. So, so I really. I I hope it even brings maybe some clarity to you. But let me just remind you. Jesus said, uh, "We'll know the truth. The truth will set you free." So, so what we know affects us, what we know is bringing either freedom or bondage into our life, that, that our knowledge matters, that our thinking matters, that our mindset matters, that our knowing matters, that if truth sets us free, lies keep us bound. And so truth, any, any area of your life where you're free, it's because you believe the truth. Anywhere that you are bound in your life right now, it's because you believed a lie. Amen, Pastor. So I've got to fill my life with the truth of God's word so that I can experience freedom. And I will not experience freedom outside of the truth of God's word. So now we have to go to, uh, to my text. This is, this is, again, this is me. This is just, I, I can't get away from it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh... And how many know you're in the, we walk in the flesh, we got bodies, we're humans, we live our life, we gotta, we gotta eat, we gotta work, we gotta sleep, we gotta exercise, we gotta do all these things, we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. So Paul right off the bat says, don't, don't just be fleshy, we're, we're also spiritual. There's, there's a spiritual side to our life as well. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power, watch this, to destroy strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. strongholds. Now, now he's going to define a stronghold. Now notice this right off the bat. He's not going to define a stronghold as a demon. Amen. I'm a charismatic, born in charismania that taught. We, we, we believed in demonic strongholds, quote, demonic strongholds. You'll never find that in the Bible because it's not in the Bible. We destroy arguments. This is what a stronghold is. And every lofty opinion or, or high thing, your, your Bible might read, high thing, raised against the knowledge of God. And, and here's a stronghold. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So, so, so strongholds are right here. Right? Strongholds are right here. Uh, so you can't, you don't pull it down through spiritual warfare. We're going to sing a song with a minor key and we're going to tear down. A, ah. It doesn't work that way. You know, uh, God bless people. You know, the evangelists will come into a city like Vegas and go, we're going to, Vegas will never be the same. Yeah, it will because you can only do so much in three days. 
we're going to address the principalities and powers over Vegas. Okay. How about we get our thoughts aligned with the word? Like that, that's how you change a people. Okay. All right. Here we go. So here's, so here's what I want to talk about. Who told you that you're powerless? Who told you that you're powerless? Who told, who told you that you can't change? Who told you that life always has to be this way? Who told you that you're powerless? Father, help me to preach this message and help everybody to hear it. Amen. All right. As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, for, for as he thinketh, that, that, that your thoughts determine decisions, decisions determine destiny. Um, as you think, so is he. Jesus said, you will know, you will know that you're going to have to, you're going to have to learn to love the Lord your God with all your mind. Not just your heart, soul. Not just the emotional side of you, but your mind. You're going to have to love God with your mind. So, so we have to embrace that what we know and how we think and what we believe really matters. Now, Jeremiah is, God's going to help Jeremiah and God's going to help us in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. That God says, your job, everybody say, my job. My job. Okay, watch this. Your job is to pull up and tear down. To take apart and demolish and then start over building and planting. Think about how powerful. Just leave that up for a second. How many know that's powerful? You, how many came into church, this church or a church, you came in with wrong mindsets and thinking and emotions and you had to tear things down and then you had to build things up, right? And, and whose job? It's not God's job. Your job, you're going to have to, you're going to have to find lies, address lies, and then, and then replace lies with truth. And, and this is, this doesn't just happen. It, it's my job to live in truth. It's my job to tear down all that stinking thinking that I came in to my walk with God with and 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 I, I had all kinds of I had small town thinking I had I had um, I had different addictions I had different mindsets I had different thoughts about about what I thought God would be like when I came to Christ I had all these different things that I had to that I had to pull down and then I had to build up new things so do you and so so let's first if we're going to talk about strongholds let's first talk about tearing down tearing down. Tear down. Paul said we're, we're waging war. He talks about weapons and he talks about warfare. This is amazing. He would, he would go on to say in Ephesians 6 that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right? It's against principalities and powers. It's against, it's against rulers and heavenly plates. That, that our battle is not just a, a flesh battle but a spiritual battle. We're in a battle. He would, he would tell us in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 that we are to fight the good fight of faith so we're gonna have to fight it won't just happen life won't just happen for us we're gonna have to fight for it 
there is a fight. In other words, you're going to have to engage. You're going to have to engage in the victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. But it doesn't just automatically appear in our life. We have to, we have to fight. We have to engage in it. Um, now, now, Paul talks about the weapons of our warfare. Uh, this is interesting because he's talking about the warfare, the fight that we pick. Oh, I'm in a battle, Pastor. I'm in a battle, Pastor. The devil's always, man, the devil, and the devil's, no, no, no. The, the warfare is actually the, the battle you pick against that thing. It's the fight you pick. And here's what it means. A well-planned attack, strategic warfare, forward momentum in battle, the route chosen to carry out a debilitating assault against an enemy. How many would like to plan out a debilitating assault against the enemy in an area of your life? Does that make sense? Most people in the room would have an area of your life where you'd go, oh, I'm just always going to have that. I'm just always going to deal with that. That's just always going to be my, that's just always going to be my thing. No, no, no. You can actually plan a debilitating assault against that thing. You don't have to live addicted the rest of your life. You don't have to live bound to fear the rest of your life. You don't have to live with sleepless nights the rest of your life. You don't, you don't have to live in shame the rest of your life. You can plan a, debil- a, a warfare. You can pick a fight with that thing. And you can tear that thing down. So this is not us being on the defense waiting to be attacked. This is us moving forward. And pushing the enemy out of our life, out of our family, out of our future. Okay, now now Paul will tell us where this fight happens. It happens in our mind. Happens in our mind. By the way, amazing book, Joyce Meyer, The Battlefield of the Mind. If you haven't read it, read it. If you don't like Joyce Meyer, sorry I offended you. God has given us weapons, he's given us power, he's given us wisdom, he's given us grace to have victory in our, in our thought life. And I've got to tear things down, I've got to destroy things. And it's in my thinking, it's not going to happen by anointing oil and praying in tongues. It's going to happen when I change how I think. And I believe in anointing with oil and praying in tongues, I did both this morning. But we, all have, we can all deal with strongholds, high things, thoughts, imaginations, arguments that here's what they are. They're built against God. They're built against the knowledge of God, against his will, against his plan, against his truth. So, so Rick Renner, a, a brilliant um, theologian and, and Greek scholar, he said this, a stronghold is a well-defended lie. A belief system that is real to you but not true. It's when you let one experience create, uh, create, excuse me, a sweeping generality. All men are like. All women are like. Yeah. All pastors are like. All teachers are like, all cops are like, all, all of them are like. You, you, 
you create a sweeping generality. We let one experience create our reality. And, and it's well defended. Okay, because here's what a, a stronghold in the Greek language is literally a fortress. God, these are heavy. It's a fortress. It's a, it's a safe place. It's, it's, it's a place that you would hide in battle. It's where you run when you're stressed, fearful, frustrated. Where do, where do you go when you're stressed? That's your stronghold. Where do you go when you're angry? That's your stronghold. Where do you go when you're tempted? That's your stronghold. And it's your well-defended lie. And now you, now you live out of your stronghold. And you speak out of your stronghold. And you treat people out of your stronghold. And you react out of your stronghold. It's your fortress. It's your safe place. And you built it. And you built it, watch this, brick by brick. So you can't go, in the name of Jesus, and it all just crashes down. That happened once, Joshua chapter 6. It happened once. What you're going to have to do is you built it brick by brick, and you're going to have to dismantle brick by brick. Day by day. Week by week. Month by month. Javen, thank you for telling me the truth, even though it's hard to hear. So, so let's, real quick, what a stronghold is. Number one, it's a thought, he said. It's a thought. What is a thought? A thought is the act of thinking. A thought is a verdict. It's a verdict. You look at this and you make a verdict. That's, that's a gray brick. You make a verdict. That's all it is. It's a, it's a judgment. Good or bad, it's a judgment. I like, I like that person's hair. It's a judgment. That, I like these lights up there. That's a judgment. I like that screen. It's a judgment. Whatever it might be, true or false, it's you making a judgment about a thing. We think something and then we declare a verdict over it. What if instead of us deciding the verdict, we let God decide the verdict? See, if you're the only one deciding your verdicts and you're not allowing God in, then you're living in what culture calls my truth. Hmm. I just want to share my truth. Careful. I would be careful to use that word truth in that. I feel free to say, let me share my experience. But be careful to call it a truth and the truth. Because if it's not true all the time, everywhere, it's not truth. It's experience. I hope I just made sense. Oh, don't go to that restaurant. It's terrible. Well, it's because you had a bad experience. But someone else had a great experience, so it's not truth. It was your experience. Now, this could get really deep really quick, and it's only 9 in the morning. So... But in, in everything. And then we start living off of our experience and calling it truth. It's a well-defended lie. Okay. So, so I have to decide. You have to decide. 
that the word is going to be your ultimate authority if you're a believer. I recently heard a person who claims the name of Jesus say, I love Jesus, but I don't, I don't like the Bible. And I just, and I went, well, where, where did you hear about Jesus? And why did Jesus quote the Bible uh, over 150 times? The old stuff, the stuff that we don't like in America anymore. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Because we only like from Matthew on, but how about all, how about all that? Jesus quoted that uh, over 150 times. So you, you say you love Jesus, but you don't, you don't like how he thinks? And where did you even get Jesus without this? How about Jesus calling himself the word? How can you say you love Jesus and hate the thing that he loves and the thing that he is? Oh, but we do it, right? We come into church and we, the most amazing thing about pastoring for five years is to, to watch my Instagram mentions in your stories on a, uh, on a Sunday afternoon. To see the things you said that I said that I didn't say. Can I tell you why? Because you heard it through your stronghold. Hey. Man, David said, da, 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 da. no, 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 no. You, you wanted me to say that so bad. So we're a Bible church. We just are. We, now we gotta we gotta divide it correctly. We gotta we gotta understand the the what the word is saying. But but we're like we're not getting away from the word here. I, I love what Rick Warren said. He said, "Don't believe everything you think." He's talking about strongholds. Just don't believe it. Just because you thought doesn't mean it's true. Uh, Genesis 3, 6, the first stronghold. This is the first stronghold in the Bible. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Time out. She, she didn't know that. She thought it. Am I making sense? She didn't know that. Man, that tree, that has good fruit on it. No, you don't know. She had no idea. And that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. So she took the fruit and ate it and she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Good for food. She had no idea, but she created a truth in her mind. That the tree would make her wise. That's a lie. That's what the devil told her. Didn't make her wise. What What are you staring at right now that you've said is true that maybe isn't true? What strongholds are in your mind? Thoughts. Okay, if you don't address the thought, it turns into, nextly, uh, next, a high thing. Yeah. Scripture calls it a high thing. This is an elevated structure or barrier. In other words, it just keeps building. And, and if, if you don't confront it, you actually feel safer and safer in it, but it's actually keeping you smaller and smaller. It's keeping you more and more bound. Uh, 
a neuroscientist would would define a high thing, uh, Caroline Leaf would define a high thing as a neural pathway. In other words, the more you do a thing, the easier it gets. Uh, Y'all ever heard of muscle memory, right? Some of you have muscle memory on the golf course. Some of you have muscle memory in traffic. (laughs) Can I get a good? You just, it's just where you go. Some of you have muscle memory in a fight with your spouse. I need something to throw. I'm going to say something ugly. I'm going to curse. It's your muscle memory. It's your neural pathway. It's the, it's the quickest. It's your, it's your easiest off-ramp. See, and if you don't wage a good warfare, you'll live your whole life by default instead of by, de- by design. So you'll just give in to that. But you've got to wage the warfare against that. But, but we got these pathways, and your brain is craving pathways. That's why it takes 30 days to break a habit. That's why it takes 30 days to create a new habit. Because you've got to address these high things. Okay. They are held on beliefs that have now become an elevated structure. Uh, it literally means, this, this word high thing means exalted or set on high. So it, it, it becomes the, the highest, easiest point that you can just keep going to. Am I okay today? Or am I boring you? Is this okay? I told you this all. This, I really care about this. It becomes the highest form of reality to you. Unaddressed thoughts keep growing. And I end up building my own prison. Brick by brick by brick by brick. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't become an addict overnight. You don't cheat on your spouse overnight. You don't get bound to something overnight. You don't. Brick by brick. That thought became a high thing. And now you live your life. This is where a lot of you are at. You live your life triggered. You're not responding to what is happening, but responding to what happened that reminds you of what is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I said a mouthful. Some of y'all know this, huh? If you've ever, uh, maybe you're married for the second time, or maybe you're in a, a serious relationship again, and you start treating him like him, but he's not him. She's not her. But you're living triggered. Some of y'all love, people love me for like a year, and then I finally do something that triggers you. And it either reminds you of dad or uncle or former pastor or whatever, and you go, ah, Jabin's just like, no, you're triggered. You didn't forgive him, so now you see me through him. Oh, all pastors are just, no, no, we're not, we're not. You're just seeing me through your stronghold, though. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. I will offend you. Uh, trust me. I will offend you. Everyone who's laughing hasn't been offended yet. Everyone who's not laughing is like, you did last week. Yeah, I know. So I will offend you because I'm a human. I don't know if you, did you all know that? I'm a human. So I'm going to offend you. But 
if you're, if you're living triggered, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to treat the situation as it is. See, you don't see life as it is. You see life as you are. The healthier you become, the, the better life becomes. Because you don't see life as it is. You see it as you are. Oof. It leads to, man, I'm out of time. It leads to arguments. Now you start fighting for your lie. Paul called it an argument. <laughs> Inner dialogue, self-talk. You start now arguing and fighting for and living for and dying for your stronghold. That's, that's bound you. So I have to tear these down. You're like, help. Okay, so not point number two. I'm telling you, I, I have to fight for this. Now watch this. Once I tear these down, negativity, shame, fear, lust, addiction, whatever it may be, anger, low self-esteem, whatever it may be, doubt, unbelief, fear, all that stuff. Once I start tearing it down, now I got I to gotta build it back up. Now I got to build a new stronghold with new bricks that create a new reality, not based off of my experience, but based off of God's word. Uh, I hope I'm helping you. Can somebody say amen? Clap those hands. Let everybody online know that I'm preaching to a church right now. Okay. I know I'm teaching. I'm, I'm so comfortable right now. It's not even funny. And I know I've been preaching hard the last couple of weeks, but I had, to, I had to get this little, I had to just throw in this foundation real quick. So now that I've torn down, now I've got to rebuild. And that what, isn't that what God told Jeremiah? You've got to tear down and then you've got to build up. So now I've got to rebuild. Okay, I've got to take every thought captive to what? Verse 5, to the obedience of Christ. So if it's not lining up with this, I'm fighting against it. If, if, if my beliefs are not lining up with this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to resist those beliefs. I'm going to fight those beliefs. And I'm going to wage a warfare against those beliefs until my beliefs line up with this. Now, now don't be discouraged because a lot of you walked in today, you're 20 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old, 80 years old, 60 years old, whatever you might be. And you've walked in with strongholds that you have built over years. Now, I promise you, if you'll get serious about it, you will tear them down and rebuild quicker than it took you to build the first ones. But, not today. Like, you're going to you're gonna have to work at this. I'm just, I'm just being as honest as I can be. Pray for me, Pastor. I will. We did. We will again at the end of this service. But... This is, a, this is a daily building of your life on the rock that is the word of God so that when the storms come in, your house doesn't fall down. Okay. Whew, thank you. Amen. So I can't just, here's the deal. In, in the kingdom of God, you can't just resist a thought. You have to replace a thought. You cannot just resist a stronghold. You have to rebuild a stronghold. You have to replace a stronghold. 
Omar talked about uh, prayer last week from Philippians 4. So let's go now to the next verse 8 that says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, after you prayed. Hello, after you prayed. In case you missed last week, in case you were on vacation. um, After you've done everything with prayer and thanksgiving and supplication. Offering your prayers to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. Will guard your heart and mind in Christ. After you've done verse 7, you got to do verse 8. Whatever is true. Paul goes, don't pray something and then think something different. Don't pray something in church and think something different in the parking lot. Don't pray something on Sunday that, and you're going to think the opposite on Monday. So Paul goes, it is prayer for sure. And it's believing. And it's thinking. Does that make sense? So now, after I've prayed the prayer of faith, now whatever's true and whatever's noble and whatever's right and whatever's pure and whatever's lovely and whatever's admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. I don't know how it happened. I'm I'm very embarrassed to say it because I'm 39. I turned 40 in October. I'm very embarrassed to say this. Uh, Well, thanks, but that's not. um, I'm embarrassed to tell you that, one, I'm on TikTok. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Two, I don't know what happened, but my algorithm just got like weird on me. And it's all fights, <laughs> like street fights. <laughs> I heard one guy like, yep, amen, yeah, praise God. I, I like this guy. And uh, it's fights and it's like carjackings. I don't know how I got there. And then a lot of UFO stuff after this week, right? And so, I'm <laughs> really speaking somebody's language. So, I'm like, what the heck? How did I get here? And what you have to do, because it was before that it was like beaches and cooking and dogs and puppies, you know, it was like great stuff, fine hotels, just stuff that I'm in. And now all of a sudden it's like street fights. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I watched. I feel like they're tracing my eyes. I don't know. But anyway, I got to delete this app, man. But um, so here's what, here's what I got to do on TikTok. You got to hold it down and then you got to click not interested. And then it'll say, why aren't you interested? And you say, I don't like content like this. Oh, man. A lot of y'all got to change your algorithm. When that thought hits you, you go, I don't like this content. I don't like this fear. I don't like this doubt. I don't like this sickness. I hate this poverty. I don't like that I'm jealous. I don't like that I'm gossiping. I don't like this content. And I'm going to replace it with what is true and noble and right and pure and and I'm going to think Paul ends it with think on those things now the keys come up I'm almost done I got to think on those things this means that I've got to fill my heart my mind and my soul with the word of God until I believe it Uh, until I sound like Romans 10, 8. Look at Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? What does it say? Everybody say, what does the Bible say? Say Say that one more time. What does the Bible say? What if that became your lens in which you saw your life? What is the word? I can't sleep at night. I got all this anxiety. What does the Bible say about fear? Because I'm going to wage a good warfare against that fear. 
What does the Bible say about sickness and disease? I'm going to wage a good warfare against that. I'm going to go out swinging. I'm going to curse cancer till the day I die. I'm going to fight sickness and disease till the day I die. I'm going to believe God for a miracle. That sweet lady's in the, in the hospital right now. I didn't write the husband and go, hey, buddy. Life's a mystery. I spoke the word. And I said, in accordance with the word, I'm going to find you tonight. And we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And we're going to believe God. Because we're going to. Because we're going to swing. Like, does that make, like, what is the, what does it say? Go back to that. What does it say? The word is near you. It's on your coffee table right now collecting dust. It's near you. But it needs to get in your mouth and in your heart. An unopened Bible does nothing. But when I get it in my heart and in my mouth, it becomes the, the word of faith. That little phrase, word of faith. Don't, don't think of like a Christian denomination or, or think. When, it, when this word gets in your heart and then out of your mouth, it becomes, the word of God becomes the word of faith. In other words, there's an active faith released when I speak the word of God from my heart. Not vain repetition, but from my heart. What does the Bible say? That's what I got to, not what does culture say. Culture's changing by the second, and it's getting darker. So I can't live by what does culture say. What does the Bible say? How about this? Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So I got to, I got to fill my mind with the word because the word's going to sanctify me, going to change me, going to heal me, going to. I gotta wrap up. Okay, so we've got the world and the word. Now you let me just say this. You like this because you've been eating this since you were a kid. But it's so bad for you. You know it's bad for you. Read the ingredients. You know what? Can I read a couple of, there's an ingredient in these chips called blue. <laughs> that can't be good. I don't, like, that just can't be good for you. I'm not a health expert, but blue. Here's another one, red. Let's add a little red to that. Yellow. A, a bunch of words, like, if you can't pronounce the word, you shouldn't put it in your body. light. I can't read these words. Dextrose, that can't be right. Lactose spices. Nothing good. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Lisa's loving this word right now. Lisa's like, Javen, you've never been more anointed. I can't even read. I can't read the. But they. But if you put this in your body, it's going to make you sick. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but over time, brick by brick, body by Doritos. 
And one day we go to the doctor and the doctor says, you got heart disease or you got something. You go, I don't know what happened. Where's God? I need a miracle. And it's like, we got to stop putting red in our body. Blue. But this, but you know what this is, huh? Because there's only one ingredient. Broccoli. And if you ate this today, you wouldn't like it. If you ate it for 30 days, you would grow accustomed to it. And then when you saw it affect your body and your energy, you would fall in love with it. You'd fall in love with it. But you, but, but you would have to break this neural pathway that says this is food. This is not food. This is not food. This is chemicals and ingredients and red. Colors. It's colors. This is not food. You know, they just came out and said the most un, the unhealthiest food in the world that's banned in almost every other country. Skittles. We just crush them. Because this is gross. No, it's not gross. It's, this is medicine. This is medicine. But it doesn't always, it's not always great at first until you learn to appreciate the medicine. You see the effects of it. This is medicine. I can't believe that preacher said that. It's medicine. I can't believe you still believe that. That's an old archaic. It's medicine. I can't believe you still see life the way the Bible. It's medicine. And if you'll eat this for a while, and, and you'll replace this with this, and then you start seeing the effects of this in you, and you go, I like how I look, I like how I feel, I like, I like what I see, I like what it's done to my marriage, I like what it's doing to my children, I like how it's freeing my, oh man, I love your word, Lord. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Stand up, everybody stand up, come on. Everybody standing. But but the but the move is challenging. And that's what happens when we first come into church and I'm serving up broccoli and you're going, ah. And I'm not the only one serving broccoli. You understand what I mean. I'm, I'm just saying. Say yes to that because, because, because it's the stuff that'll it'll change your life. Hallelujah. Lord, help us. Lift your hands with me one time. Lord, help us to, to tear down these thoughts and high things that, that the devil has, has said it's permanent and it's forever. Help us to tear those down and help us to build on the eternal the eternal, incorruptible seed of the Word of God. That we would be able to say what David said, I love your Word, O oh Lord. A lot of us can't say that yet, but I pray that we would grow to a space and a place where we can say, I love your Word. I love your mind, O oh God. I love, Lord, I love how you see life. 